Hello, I'm Stephen Sharp, and I'm speaking today with Anne Ellis, the Director of Psychology at People Maps, for the next in our series of how-to guides. Uh, these guides are designed to help you to manage the business issues that will be keeping you awake at night. Um, for this guide, we'll be looking at how to build effective teams, often a challenging area for managers, but Anne will explain how to identify, understand, and use the very traits that may appear to be pulling teams apart to bind them together instead. Hello, Anne. Hello, Stephen. And if we could start by outlining the main areas that we'll be covering in this guide, please. Certainly. Well, first, we need to identify some of the issues that arise when building teams. Then we need to look at why these issues occur. Where should we start when faced with creating a team for a project? What information is readily available to help us build the team? And how to build a team so effective that it doesn't even need a team leader? Thanks, Anne. It sounds like uh, quite a lot to get through, so uh, we'll probably start with the issues that I'm pretty sure a lot of people will be able to identify for themselves. Okay, well, the first issue is that people tend to inherit a group of people rather than a team, and they're expected to... Or they may have to create a team from scratch by employing people, but whatever they do is potentially the same problem. They don't know what the personalities are of the people that are going to eventually make up this team. For example, there could be people competing against one another or unable to communicate effectively, others not happy with or committed to their task or role in the team. And all of this undermines the effectiveness of any team and its ability to complete a project. So this friction and possible antagonism can then be dumped on a manager's desk to sort out, and that's something they may not be able to do either. So are there tried and tested techniques for avoiding this scenario? Well, yes. Um, the real key is to understand the reason why it happens. And I can't emphasise enough how important it is for people to step back and look at the resources they have within people, not just their technical abilities, but as individuals with a personality of their own, how to apply that to the task that will suit them best. First, we need to look at the objectives that the team members have to achieve. Then we break down the project into component parts and identify which type of personality would be best suited to match each of these tasks. Okay, right. Um, do you, could you give me an example of how that would work, say, within a project or something? Um, why you right. need so many different people and why they need to understand each other. Yeah. Okay, let, let's take a fairly familiar project, which would be redundancy. It's a large organisation and, unfortunately, redundancies need to be made. They, they set up a project team. And this, again, we've said it's a group of people, but we'll pull them into a team. We've already done all the, the previous bits of selecting them, identifying who they are in terms of personality. So for a redundancy project, we would need somebody who was task-orientated and objective, capable of standing aside from it and getting on with the task. But we'd also need several people, perhaps, who were more feeling-orientated, who could empathise with those who were made redundant and, more importantly, sympathise with those left and support and help them through what in reality is a bereavement process. If they're left after everybody else has gone, 
they could feel very much like one does in a bereavement. So there's a sadness there. Mm. Then we probably need also people um, who had more of the gifts of motivation, who were more cheery, lively, colourful, who could motivate the team back into action to do something. So the redundancy had to happen. That's sad. The people have been supported. But we need to get this team or the people that are left back together to to keep the organisation afloat. So the people whose gift it is to motivate will come into their own there. And we probably also need people with analytical skills who who will look over the whole process with a keen eye and see that there's no litigation going to happen once these task people have decided that objectively they're going for this. Hold on a minute, just let's see what the outcome of that might be. So that's us bringing people from all parts of the island together to pull with their own particular strengths and bringing home a redundancy project effectively. Ah, right. So if I I understand you, then what you're saying is obviously a a team requires a a mix of types um, involved in that. But earlier on, when you were talking about there being so many uh, different types, that could uh, raise some of the issues issues you mentioned earlier. Is, Is that not a problem, having so many types? Well... Actually, it's quite the opposite, because if there are too many similar types, they're more likely to compete with one another than gel as a team. In fact, they compete and they confront. It would be more like war than be a team effort. So, taking that on board, Anne, so how does um, someone building a team identify the types required? And more importantly, perhaps, who is the person who should be doing the analysis on the project and coming up with the different roles? Well, This brings us to where to find the information and how to use it to build an effective team. Using personality profiling techniques used to be an expensive and lengthy business, but today's technology can deliver profiling reports on individuals within minutes for the price of a lunch. But I'm going to discuss the people maps profile and use people maps to do this effectively. If you're not already familiar with it, Every people maps profile comes with a map of the personality island where north to south is moving from a task to a feeling bias and east to west is moving to, from the attitude of extroversion to introversion. Everybody has a location on that map depending on their personal preference of how they like to operate. If you associate a task or a role in the team with a location on the map, then selecting the people who are located there will bring the right ones in for the tasks. Obviously, as there will be a requirement for a mix of types of people, there could still be friction in the team. However, that brings me back to what I said earlier. It's vital that every member of the team also understands the reason why. The reasons why they operate the way they do, the reasons why they're expected to move this team forward, to reach this project in, in the way it's intended. So, if I can just to, uh, from my own visualisation, so it is literally a map of an island, and yes. people and people are depending on their preferences located in a, in a particular place with, I presume, a, an arrow or an X or something like that, which is very visual, so you can immediately identify location. Yes, there'll be a there'll be a an arrow that says this person's personality type resides here. Right. And it'll point out exactly. So if it was southwest, it'll be it'll be highlighted there. And if you see that, you think, well, unfortunately, if we're looking at 
the type of person we needed for the role and they were, they were diagonally opposite, then you would probably have the wrong person for that role. So it's very visual. Right. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, I distracted you there. So as you say, people can share that information amongst themselves. Yes, yes. And that's what's very visual because the, the first thing is if you see the arrow and you say, oh, that's where I am, that's where my personality resides, where does everybody else reside? Mm. Where does Joe go and, and, and where is Keith and what have you? So it's a, it's a natural yeah. human I'm... curiosity. And why exactly? I mean, it would be the question, first question that comes to mind after that. You're right, yeah. And why, why that explains a little bit of why they're different from me. Mm. So they understand the spectators, they understand the reasons why, why we why we are in that part of the island and somebody else is in a different part of the island. But at least we can be seen. Or why uh, I'm in the same part of the island as Johnny is. Oh, and does that make us the same? Not necessarily. But we share a lot more in common than those who are far distant on the island from our position. Okay, thank you. Uh, if I can just take you back a step, the, the question that appeared to me now, who is best suited to identify the types required for a project team for it to be successful? Well, quite a lot of people actually, but usually it would, it would fall to the HR department uh, to work out who the best people would be. But it could also be done by someone who understands that there are various types of people and how they can be identified. And this could be somebody who has undertaken a, a training course on identifying type. This information is on our People Maps website and it becomes much clearer once people have created and read their own profile. Ours is so simple that people could almost do it from just having read their own profile. Of course, and obviously the visual side of it as well to, to assist people who are more visual thinking on that. Um, now, you were talking about you know, how to build teams by taking into account people's natural preferences when allocating tasks to roles. But it, it occurs to me that there will be times when people don't have a large pool of candidates to select from. I mean, what if they, they do end up with mostly tasks people, which I think you referred to earlier as potential war? Yeah, OK, that could be a problem, uh, particularly for smaller organisations who don't have the luxury of, of choosing from a huge big pool of talent. However, people are not exclusively one thing. For example, in a group of six task people, there will always, always be those that are a bit more introverted or extroverted or moving more towards feeling than their counterpart opposites. Um, there may only be slight differences, but it is possible to allocate someone who is nearest to the ideal location from a group and have a greater likelihood of success. So if, if we had everybody in the task on the island, they would be northeast and perhaps we'd want more people with southwest tendencies, then we would look at those northeast people and some of them would reside closer into the lake in the middle of that map. These are the ones that could possibly, for a short time, get in touch with their energy from the southwest side. Right. They would so revert back to their own position, but they could provide that role for the team. But you can't change people indefinitely, no, to suit. Well, the people won't change. What they'll do is they'll draw on a, a, a different strength that's within them. They're not changing because as soon as it's comfortable, they'll go right back to the position that they, they feel most comfortable in. They won't change easily, but they can adopt another role if they understand that within them they have that capability of being feeling and more introvert for a short period of time. I'll give you an example. If you prefer writing with your right hand, 
and something happened to that hand and you couldn't use it, you could, through time, learn to write with your left hand. It would never be comfortable. It would never be as fast. But because you had to do it, you could do it. But it'd never be as good as the original one. Our preferences for task, but if I've got to do feeling for a short time, I will work on it and can do it. And some of us, those in close to the lake on the map, can do it easier. It would probably be almost impossible for those on the extreme outside of north east to do it on okay. our map. So, so people can do it for a short time, but there is obviously a, a cost to be aware of, of forcing people to do that. Well, yeah, people can't change easily, but most people can do things for a short period of time. It's not not in their natural preference. But the co- there is a cost, yes. It's unlikely that they'd be able to do it for sustained periods of time, and they're likely to be less productive. So that's a cost. If they're not going to be so productive, you've got to think about that. Um, less likely in roles that don't suit them than roles that do. So right. obviously better and more effective if we can find the roles that do suit them. But we started talking about small organisations that may not have that luxury. Right. And this is the way around that. Deficit and essential type. If there's an extreme... Well, we could look at outsourcing. You know, there might be a requirement for a very analytical task person, perhaps to make sure that everything complies fully to the law. And if there was no one close to that on their talent pool, it may be an option. Uh, so now we've got our, our team of people who are depending on availability in the in the right roles. Um, they're working productively. Is this what you were referring to earlier on about not requiring a team leader, perhaps? Well, it's almost that. A well-balanced team doesn't require what we would traditionally view as the role of a leader, but it does need a facilitator who understands the dynamics of the team. For example, in the area of communication among the team members, there'll be a range of preferences that the facilitator can help to accommodate to keep things on track. By knowing the makeup of the team, they also know who the task-focused people are and that they don't want to spend time in meetings or answering long emails or writing huge reports, they need to get on with the job and get it done now. They'll also know that others in the team might prefer to meet and discuss things in depth before they're comfortable to proceed. So part of their role would be in meeting the preferences of all the different types where feasible. For example, in team meetings, they can structure them so that the task people get the information quickly, any feedback they need, right at the start of the meeting and then be allowed to leave while business that doesn't affect them eh, or can be done after they've gone, after they've gone, is kept right to the end. Now this is happening, there won't be ill feelings or misunderstandings as to why they've left. In fact, everybody will probably believe that they've gone. <laughs> now we can relax. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So exactly, as you said, coming back to understanding the reasons why um, and being able to as you, being able to um, explain those reasons why, um, yeah. as per in, in personality terminology that people can understand. But what about? I mean, okay, you, you used a very good example there of the team meeting, but what about wider communications? Like, for instance, if you were trying to send an email to everybody with an update, um, would the facilitator have to tailor that? Ideally, they should, um, and again, that depends on the makeup of the team and the facilitator might have to send a number of different formats on the same information to 
reach the target zone of each of these different temperaments and, and personality types. So quick bulleted ones for some, lengthy detailed reports for others, or an offer to meet for lunch for those that prefer to have a chat. Because some people absolutely hate getting written information or emails. There's people who hate emails with a passion because they're so impersonal. Whereas those task people would just love an email, two words and it's fine. But for most of that team, they won't. So it's an involved task, but understanding and accommodating the natural preferences of the team members. The leader can help smooth communications by appealing to all their different needs. But they need to understand that those differences. Just out of curiosity, um, where would the facilitator be located on the island? Well, that is an interesting one because it would be the southwest with the predominance of caring and listening. Yet, if you look at our organisation today, although we say they're all flattened, they still have a hierarchical mentality and they still talk about leaders, leading from the front, and leading gives task connotations. And yet the very best facilitators to grab most from the team would be from the south, west, caring, listening, slower, more deliberate people. The very opposite of what you would think of when you say the word leader, but very effective Excellent. in uh, facilitating a team. Well, that will make sense to me. I mean, I think if, if it was possible and if you could just summarise the main points of that again briefly, that would be very helpful for our listeners. Okay, so well, the main points would be, first of all, identify the project, what type of behaviour might be needed, then identify within the group of people that are available to tackle the project what types of behaviour we have and then try to marry them together to be effective in taking a project forward. And of course out of that pool you would also have to try and identify the facilitator right. who would make it all happen and that would have to happen probably fairly early on. And the sooner we stop talking about them being a leader or a manager the better it would be for the effectiveness the effectiveness of the overall team. The first thing the facilitator would be involved with is making sure that everybody was sharing and understanding the reasons why people were were different and where the strengths were and why roles were being allocated on the basis that they were being allocated. Absolutely right. The reason why we do things is the most motivational thing that any of us have. We all must understand the reason why. Even if we don't recognise it in those words, that's exactly what motivates us to move forward and do what's required of us. Understand the reason why it underpins it all. Right, yeah. excellent. And that is how you use profiling to build successful teams. So, yes. um, thank you, Anne. Um, and that's the end of our guide. Thank you to our listeners. And please don't forget to check out the rest of our how to guides from People Maps. All that remains is to say thank you and goodbye for now. Goodbye. <laughs>